Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither will the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity. Father God, Lord, to just approach your throne of grace. Father, I trust you today. And Father God, I believe, Father God, Lord, that this, Father God, Lord, is an assignment, Father God, you've given us in the kingdom. Father God, to spread your gospel. So, Father God, Lord, I believe you, Lord, that no contrary spirit, no demonic force, nothing will hinder us from walking in and completing that assignment. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that, Lord, you go before us. Father God, Lord, and you lay the foundation in the hearts and minds of men. Father God, Lord, that they would not see me, Lord, but they would hear me. They would not see me, but see you. They would not hear me, but hear you. Father God, Lord, then they would receive, Lord, the pure, unadulterated word of God. Father God, Lord, we bind every technical demon. Father God, anything, Lord, that would attempt to hinder, Father God, this word from going forth. Father God, we thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that you promised, Father God, Lord, that when the word has been preached, Father God, to all of the corners of the earth, Father God, then would you be your return. So, Father God, Lord, we're doing our part, Father God, to spread the gospel of the kingdom. And so, Father God, we thank you. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your your, your blood, Father God, that you shed on Calvary's cross for the remission of our sins. Father God, to allow us to become who you are, sons. Father God, and Lord, to be a part, Father God, of your kingdom work. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we thank you for this day. Father God, give us insight, foresight, and revelation. Lord, that we may become better because of your word. And we declare it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, praise God. And if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God said he wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And I told you it is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we have a firm foundation because if our foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. So for the past couple months, we've been talking about the foundational principles of the church. And we've been focusing on the principles of kingdom identity and kingdom authority. Who God says we are and what he says we can do. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me once again to our foundational scripture. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Beginning at verse 13. Matthew chapter 16 beginning at verse 13. 
And here it reads, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias or others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we see, that the church was established on the revelation of Jesus's identity as the son of the living God. And I told you the reason why that is so significant is because sons have the characteristics of the father. So the church was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. But in order to be restored to that place of greater influence and impact that God intended, we must grasp the fact that we are who he is. He said upon this rock, the revelation that I, as the son of the living God, have the same characteristics of my father, I will build my church. So the ecclesia, God's governmental agency in the earth, is established on the principle that as sons of the living God, we have the same characteristics that Jesus had. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. He goes on to say, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, we have the same authority as well. And once we grasp these concepts, there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop us. Somebody type in the comments, he told you we are unstoppable. Yeah, Jesus said, behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. I told you that word authority is translated in some verses as power, but it comes from the Greek word exousia, which means delegated influence, power, right, or strength. In other words, we have the right to command to determine what's going on in the earth. But the problem is we've been going about it all wrong. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? We've lived in this flesh so long, we've gotten comfortable. We've become contaminated by this environment in which we live. To the point where when it comes to solving problems or getting results, we've begun to depend on our intellect or our physical capabilities. And that's why Paul reminds us to conform no longer to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. See, the rest of the world has the mentality that when you're in a pinch, you just got to work harder, that, that, that you got to grind in order to see results. If you're not putting in the right amount of effort, you're not going to get those results. And that you just got to hustle. You got to grind. You got to work. You got to toil. You got to sweat. You got to labor. You got to do all of these things in order to see results. 
And when there's a problem, you got to figure it out. You got to rack your brain. You got to stress. You got to be anxious. You got to stay up all night, pacing the floor. You got to brainstorm. You got to have all of these things going on just to figure out what to do. But if we're going to have the kind of impact and influence that God intended, we're going to have to develop a different operating procedure. Because no matter how smart we think we are, we cannot outsmart God who has explicitly told us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. So our ability to, to fix or come up with solutions or to handle difficult situations has nothing to do with our intellect, our ability to figure it out, but our ability to trust in the Lord. And while we are depending on our skill set, to produce results, to achieve, to get ahead, he's made it abundantly clear that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. See, your intellect and your physical capabilities, those reside in the flesh. Those are characteristics of the flesh. And he said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. He said, none of that stuff is actually truly going to benefit you. He said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. See, the Bible declares that the just shall live by faith. So the life that we desire, that, that, that prosperity that we desire, that, that, that ability to be victorious in every situation that we desire, he said that life that God promised us, he said it's going to be produced by trusting in his word. It's going to happen by faith. And we release our faith by speaking. Oh, let me help y'all see this. The scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it is what you truly believe that determines your life. Not what you say you believe, but what you truly believe. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart. So it's what you believe on the inside. That's going to determine what you experience on the outside. Because it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. See, your faith will dictate your life and you release your faith by speaking. As a matter of fact, look at verse 19. Verse 19. Here Jesus says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I told you the only way anything will be bound on earth is if we bind it. And the only way anything will be loosed on earth is if we loose it. So you need to open your mouth. Because the kingdom of God is voice activated. Yeah, and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Developing a consistent habit 
of constructively using our words. Is that all right? See, because the Bible says we were created in the image and likeness of God. And that's the same God who calls things that be not as though they were. The same God that when the earth was void and without form and darkness was on the face of the deep, he said, let there be light and there was light. So we've got to recognize that the kingdom of God is voice activated. As a matter of fact, we, we live in a time where I would venture to say that probably everybody who's watching me right now, everybody who's listening to me right now has either one of those apps on your phone or one of those devices in your house that you can just speak to and it responds to you. Yeah. And you don't even have to pick the phone up. You don't have to go in and touch that device. Amazon makes one. I'm not going to call her name too loud because she's always within earshot of me. Google has one. And all you have to do is tell it to do certain things. If you've got it properly connected, you can tell it, turn on your lights. You can tell it, turn off the lights. You can tell it, turn on your ceiling fan. You can tell it, turn on anything you have plugged into one of those smart outlets. You can tell it, secure your house. You can tell it, Unlock the doors. You can tell it, turn the light. You can tell it all kinds of things and it'll do it. And you don't have to lift a finger. Watch this. Uh, one of my favorite movies is a movie called I robot. And it's this movie with uh, Will Smith and he's in a futuristic time, probably not too long from here. I can't even remember what year it was set in. But it's when this uh, AI and artificial intelligence and they have robots all over the place serving people. And everything operates off these principles. And Will Smith is anti-technology. And he's struggling and he's always frustrated because Everything he encounters, he has a hard time dealing with because he's stuck in the mindset that he ought to be able to do things manually. He wants to drive his car manually. He wants to drive his motorcycle manually. He wants to uh, turn on his lights manually. He wants to do these things with his physical capabilities, but everything is voice activated. And there's a particular scene where he's rescuing uh, this, this, this lady and he go back to his house and he's changing clothes and she's trying to turn the music on and she's speaking to the stereo. She's telling it to turn on. She's telling the music to play. She's doing all these things and he comes out and he hits a button. And she's looking at him like a man with three heads. Like why in the world do you still have something that you're still having to try to operate with your physical capabilities? And see, that's the way that God and Jesus are looking, the Holy Spirit are looking at us because we're starting, we're still, we've come into this kingdom and we're still trying to operate based off of old technology. We're still trying to base it on our intellect, on our physical capabilities when everything is now voice activated. See, because I told you, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. 
So you should have gotten rid of all of the old technology, all the old software and all things have become new. All things are of God. And I just told you we were created in his image, his likeness, the God who calls things that be not as though they were. When everything was, the lights were out everywhere. He said, let there be light. And there was light. As a matter of fact, go to Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one. I I need y'all to catch this. Hebrews chapter one. Because if we're going to have the kind of influence and impact that God intended for us to have, we've got to learn to operate the way the kingdom of God operates. Hebrews chapter one, beginning at verse one. Here it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us. See, not only did he speak, but he continues to speak by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. See, it is by the power of his word that everything is doing what it's doing. The earth is spinning, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, all because of what he said. It is right there in the text. He says he's upholding all things by the word of his power. As a matter of fact, the entire world is being upheld by the power of God's word. And he told us, through the prophet Jeremiah, behold, I have put my words in your mouth and I have appointed you to the oversight of nations and of kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow and to build and to plant. In other words, he has authorized us to speak on his behalf. Y'all don't believe it. Go over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And when you get there, look at verse 20, Psalm 103, beginning at verse 20. Here he says, bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. See, here it says that the angels are hearkening unto the voice of his word. In other words, they are constantly on standby waiting for instructions. See, they are healing angels waiting to go and dispense healing. They are prosperity angels waiting to go and dispense prosperity. They are vengeance angels going to dispense vengeance and justice angels waiting to go and dispense justice. They they are angels just about for every category of your life, waiting to go do battle on your behalf. 
Because the Bible says, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation? So their purpose is to serve us. But it's our job to give voice to his word. Because when we say what God says with the authority that we've been given, the creative power of life and death that resides in God's word is bestowed on our tongue and all of heaven responds. Can I prove it to you? Go over to Psalm 81. Psalm 81. And look at verse 10. I'm reading this from the Passion Translation again. Here he says, I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Open your mouth with a mighty decree and I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you speak, so shall it be. Here, God confirms that he has given us the ability to call the shots. In fact, we have the ability to wield the very power and resources of heaven with our words. As a matter of fact, go over to Mark chapter 11. See, I'm trying to seal this revelation in your mind so that you can start walking in it. I know we've been talking about these principles for, for a little bit now, but I need you to grasp it to the point that you can utilize it. I need to settle these issues in your spirit. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 22. He says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, John tells us this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Watch this. Prayer is when we communicate with God in faith. It's when we submit our request or the demands for the things we have a right to unto heaven with an expectation of receipt. Verse 23 says, for surely I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. See, our words are spiritual seeds that impact the natural and spiritual world. So maybe the reason why the world is falling apart is because we are not talking. Or maybe it's because of what we are saying. Because if we have been given authority and the power of life and death are now in our tongue, then the world is upheld by the power of our word. 
But so many of us as believers still have not realized the power of what we say. Go over to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. And when you get there, look at verse 14. Proverbs chapter 12, beginning at verse 14. And here it reads, From the fruit of his lips, a man is filled with good things, as surely as the work of his hands reward him. Here we see that what you say is just as important as what you do. Oh, I need y'all to catch that. I need you to write that down. I need you to memorize that, put that in your spirit. What you say is just as important as what you do. Mm. Somebody type in the comments, my words carry weight. Yeah. See, because our words set things in motion in the spirit realm that will eventually affect our life. What do you mean, Pastor? Turn over to Job 22. Job 22. Are we getting somewhere? Job 22. And when you get there, look at verse 28. Here it reads, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Here God tells us, that when we speak his word with authority, things begin to happen. See, a decree is an official command issued by legal governmental authority that cannot be denied. It's a formal authoritative order having the force of law, a legal or judicial decision. It means to command, ordain, decide, or determine. And a decree is how we release our faith into the world by speaking. Yes, yeah, see, prayer is how we submit our request, our demands of the things we are entitled to unto God. Well, a decree is how we release our faith into the world by speaking. And that's why Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter four, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. See that word corrupt means destructive or harmful because there are certain things that are not befitting of a member of the Royal family. See our words have power. So we must be careful of how we use our words. Because James reminds us that no spring yields both salt water and fresh. As a matter of fact, go over to James chapter one, James chapter one. And when you get there, look at verse 26, 
James chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Here he says, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. In other words, if a man doesn't control his tongue, what he believes is for nothing. Because he's constantly speaking against the things, the very things he says he's believing God for. So he's actually deceiving his own heart. Because as Jesus reminds us, you will have whatsoever you say. And so we keep saying things that are contrary to, to the word because we don't think our words matter. But somebody type in the comments, we must learn to control our tongue. James chapter three. Go over to chapter three and look at verse three. Here it says, indeed, we put bits in horses mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. See, kindling are small pieces of wood that others are placed on to get the fire started. But once fire starts, kindling disappears because you can't, and you can't even tell how the fire started. See, so many of our problems originated in our speaking. As a matter of fact, Jesus makes it clear in Matthew's gospel. By your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So if you're struggling with guilt or self-esteem, it may not be what somebody else said to you, but instead what you consistently say to yourself. See, they may have planted the seed, but you watered it. You cultivated it. You made it grow. And that's why we must watch our words. Go over to Luke chapter 6. Oh, we're coming down the home stretch now. Luke chapter 6. And when you get there, look at verse 43. Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 43. And here it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, 
nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We've got to guard our hearts and watch our mouths. Because what we see can impact not only our destiny, but those around us. So we've got to learn to speak like we have received the revelation of who we are. We need to speak only what is befitting someone of our status. Because we'll never walk in authority we've been given and have the impact and influence that God intended until we recognize the importance of our words and come into agreement with what God said. Watch this. He showed me this one day. If you're always talking about I'm broke, the good news is if you broke, you already know what needs to be fixed. You. Because if you broke, you need to fix how you think. Because what you think you can have and what you say is different than what God says. And it will determine what you can do. So you have to come into agreement with what God said. See, confession is how we speak to ourselves to develop our faith. Oh, I need you to catch it. See, I told you, prayer is how we submit our requests or demands for what we have a right to unto God. Decrees are how we release our faith into the world. But confession is how we speak to our, 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 our ourselves or our flesh in order to develop our faith and making consistent, constructive confessions based on God's word will establish your faith and increase your expectations. Now I want to give you three characteristics of consistent, constructive confessions. Number one, a consistent, constructive confession is always present tense. It never suggests a future state, but it speaks in the presence as though the future has already come to pass. See, Ephesians says the God that God has blessed us, hath, has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So if you're going to make a consistent, constructive confession, you can't say, I believe God is going to bless me. You must say, I am blessed. See, if you say, I believe God is going to bless me, that's not faith, that's hope. Mm. See, faith is 
is the evidence of the things you hope for. See, if you say, I believe God is going to bless me, that means you hope that. Well, what proof do you have of that? Where's your evidence? Comes in the form of faith when you can actually say, I am blessed. Otherwise, you just have hope. Number two, a consistent constructive confession is always in first person. I believe that I'm blessed. I believe that I'm healed. See, it's personal. A consistent constructive confession is always in first person. Number three, a consistent constructive confession is always in agreement with the word of God. You got to find you a scripture and stand on it. You got to know what God said about you and refuse to be moved. Now, I want to show you before I go, I want to show you how serious God is about the kingdom of God being voice activated. Go over to Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. And when you get there, look at verse 6. Numbers chapter 20, beginning at verse 6. Very familiar story, but I need you to check this out. Numbers chapter 20, beginning at verse 6. Here it says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded. And Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and his community and livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community in the land that I give them. See, because he did not trust God enough to release his faith by speaking God's word with authority and chose to rely on his human abilities, he missed the very promise of God. Because some things in the kingdom cannot be done manually. They are purely voice activated. And if we're not careful, we will miss out on the promises of God because we trust more in our intellect and our human abilities than God's word and what he said. But I know there's some of you still like, well, 
Pastor, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I still believe that that just just speaking stuff is going to do anything. Well, can I help you tonight? Before I let you go, go over to Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. And when you get to look at verse ten, Romans chapter ten, beginning at verse ten. And here it says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. See, you must first have faith. And verse 17 says, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the power of faith is released by speaking. And that's why he goes on to say in verse 10. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, even though you believed in your heart that Jesus died on the cross. To make you righteous. It wasn't until you open your mouth and confess him unto, as your Lord. Did you actually receive salvation? Because the kingdom of God is voice activated. Somebody type in the comments, you got to say something. And if you've been listening to this word and you're like, man, it's amazing. I never really realized how important my words are. I never really realized that I had the ability to impact not only my life, but the lives of others. And you desire to walk in that. The first step is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I just showed you that in the scripture. He says that it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So you first got to believe in your heart that Jesus died, hung, bled on Calvary's cross, was crucified, buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day he got up. And he got up. He took our sin. To make us righteous. So you got to believe in your heart that Christ made an exchange so that you could have the righteousness of God. And then you've got to release that very faith by speaking. He says, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You've got to declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And so if you desire to do that today, just pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you. Be my father. Make me your child. If you prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. And if you desire that today, go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org and click contact us. Fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today. Secondly, if you just want to rededicate your life, you go to that same website, fill out that same connection card and let us know you rededicated your life today. Or even if you're looking for a church home in your area, let us know and we'll try to connect you 
with a church that we know that is preaching and teaching the word of God with consistency. Because we want to see you grow. We want to see you have all the tools you need to be better. And if you desire to be a part of my church, just let us know. We are a virtual ministry, but we have all the components in place to help you grow in this walk. We have ministers that will help you grow with you. You can become a part of our virtual uh, groups and actually come in and get fed the word. You have fellowship. you got people who will walk this thing out with you each day. All you have to do is let us know, and we'll get you the information you need for the next steps. Secondly, if you've been listening to this word and you're like, man, this is a powerful word, and I, I really like what you guys are doing, making sure that the word is available, I may not be able to because of my job schedule. I've not been able to get to work, get get to church on a regular basis. I have not been able to go out into the house, but I need the word and having the word available to me on my phone, on my smart TV, that, that's, that means something to me. Or you bless somebody in my family that they can't get out. And you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do? Click the donate button, sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Giveify app. But whatever you decide to do, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel all over the world. God has given us a mandate to make sure that the word is spread all over the world. So we're on just about every streaming platform Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV. Now, Google TV will be soon. Uh, expanding to another uh, smart TV platform. We want to be on every smart TV, every tablet, every PC, every phone. And so we have the app available on, 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 on Android and Apple Store. You can go in and just search for My Church on the Go. On your television, all you have to do is search for My Church channel. And you can download the app, and you've got all kinds of content. We've got stuff for our men, our women, our marriage ministry, We've got substance abuse ministry. We've got stuff to make you laugh. Well, we try to make sure you've got all of the tools available. And so if you desire to just help us continue to do that ministry, show a financial seed. Because this is not a small undertaking that we have. But it's our assignment. And so we do it with gladness. Thirdly, if you know somebody who needs the word of God, who needs this word, and I'm sure you do, share this word with somebody. Let somebody know that the word is going forth here at my church. God bless you today. I love you. Come back and see us again on next time. Please stay tuned for our announcements. I'm Pastor Tuck with the Word at My Church. See you next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the Word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple, or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. 
But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.